0: I'm going to be using the psalm books tonight. So if you get out your psalm book, turn to page number 63, psalm number 63. I'll call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be safe from my enemies I know the Lord. And blessed be the rock And let the God of my salvation be exalted I know the Lord liveth And blessed be the rock And let the God of my salvation be exalted I will call upon the Lord Who is worthy to be praised And so shall I be saved from my enemies. I know the Lord. And blessed be the rock And let the God of my salvation be exalted I know the Lord liveth And blessed be the rock And let the God of my salvation be exalted I will call upon the Lord Amen After the next song uh, we'll be lead, led in prayer. Song number 794. 794. <arrator brian incident> <friendly> <fatto> unto the O Lord, do I lift up my soul. To the O Lord, do I lift up my soul? Oh my God, I trust in Thee. Let not me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Remember not the sins of my youth. Remember not the sins of my youth. Oh my God, I trust in Thee. Let not me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Amen. This time we'll be led in prayer.
1: Would you humble your hearts and bow your heads, please? Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you for the milder temperatures and the comfortable times. We thank you so much for this place we have in which we meet. Thank you, Father, for every family that's represented here tonight. We want to thank you, Father, for all answered prayers. And before we petition you for the things that we have need of, we want to ask you to forgive us of any unforgiven sins. Strengthen us each and every day. Father, many were mentioned that we're on the sick list. We pray that you'll... uh, Help them, Father, to receive the care and the attention they need, whether it be medications, doctors, or nurses, or caregivers, whatever is being done for them. We pray to be in such such as, that it would help them to recover if it be your will. Especially we want to pray for Sister Betty Jeffcoat that asks for our prayers. Pray that whatever they do for her will be such as to, again, bring her back to her health quickly. Be with the speaker tonight, Father, as he presents the lesson. Help us as listeners to pay careful attention, to try to broaden our Bible base, but to, uh, we pray especially that you'll give us wisdom, Father, that we may put into practice those things that would help us to improve as your children. Uh, Forgive us of our many, many sins. Help us to do better, Uh, be with our men and women that serve us each and every day, that put their lives on the line for us, that we know freedom is not free, Father. We know that, and we appreciate what's done for us. Help us to do our part, to be peacemakers, and we pray that we'll always seek that peace which comes from you, which surpasses all understanding, and guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. For it's through his name we pray. Amen.
0: would please stand. Uh, We'll sing this song, song number 800, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, before Wes brings the message to us. What a friend we have in Jesus All our sins and griefs to bear What a you carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our rest. to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and share I mean, can we see it?
1: Appreciate the
2: way that Larry began his prayer tonight asking if we would humble our hearts before God. Brother, one of the great needs that we have as a church, one of the great needs that we have as families, one of the great needs that we have as individuals, is to be a people who humble ourselves. To be a people who are constantly and consistently leaning upon our God and His mighty and awesome power rather than our own frail and inadequate power. We serve a God who loves us as a father loves his children. We serve a God whose desire is to give us good gifts. Every good and every perfect thing that we have in our lives is in our lives only because of God. And the great lesson that we would do to learn to depend upon Him rather than to depend upon ourselves. The older I get, the more and more convinced that I become of that very basic reality. If there are things in life and situations in life that are so much larger than you and me on our best day. But that even on those days, we have a God who stands beside us. We have a God who walks with us. We serve a God who will provide for His children the things that we cannot provide for ourselves if we will only allow Him to do so. But how often we forget. How often we become short-sighted. How often we, we lean upon our own strength rather than the strength of God. The text that I was thinking about tonight is from the life of the prophet Elijah. And you remember the great story and the great occurrence that we have as Elijah stands on Mount Carmel, but there's so much that goes before that. You remember that Elijah was a man who was God's man. He was someone who was just like you and just like me, who was determined when he got out of bed every morning that he was going to serve the Lord. But because he served the Lord, many times there was a great deal of heartache that was brought into his life. As he stood and he preached the message that God revealed to him, one of the things was he was to deliver this message of a great drought, that it would not rain. There in First Kings chapter 17, When the Bible says, or when Elijah said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel is, before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. But Elijah couldn't make it rain, and he couldn't make it not rain. But God could. And God caused a drought to come upon that place. You can't control those things. Many times I wish I could control the weather. I can't. When the disciples were with Jesus on the sea and they were scared for their lives and they said, don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus Jesus says, why are you doubting? Have you forgotten who is with you? Have you forgotten that the Creator of all the world is with you? Have you forgotten that the One who can rebuke even the wind itself is with you? Have you forgotten to lean upon me during the trial and the storm of your life? Elijah is forced to go into hiding because the people want to kill him. And Elijah, the Bible says, comes to a brook that's all dried up and there's no rain in the land, Just just, just as he says. And Elijah is fed, God feeds him. God brings him bread. The ravens are sent to that place. God makes sure that his needs are met. When he's in a desolate place, it's God that provides for him when he can't provide for himself. And when those things are gone, he tells him to go and to go to a widow woman. And he happens to find himself with this widow woman and her situation is desperate just like everyone else's. And he finds her out collecting sticks so that she can go in and use the very last that she has to prepare their last meal so they can eat and then they can die. God tells Elijah to tell this woman that if she will cook for him, that she will not run out of food. That her supply will be over and over. Chapter 17 and verse 13, Do not fear, do as you have said, but make me a little bread from it first, and bring it out to me, and afterwards you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty, until, until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. You see, I can't do that. Elijah couldn't do that. But he served a God who could. He served a God who could provide for his needs even when he couldn't provide for them himself. He faces death in the house of this widow and her desperate plea for her son who has died. And Elijah, the Bible says, takes the child and brings him to the upper room and raises him from the dead. Elijah was a man. He couldn't raise people from the dead But God could depend upon God, he says. He finally brings the message that the drought is going to end and we have the showdown at Mount Carmel where he stands there with the prophets of Baal and and Elijah mocks the prophets and they set up their altar and nothing happens. And finally he has his own altar doused with water and he prays to God and God sends fire upon that place and it consumes the altar. Elijah couldn't do that. You can't stand toe-to-toe with a pagan prophet and expect fire to come from the sky. God can. God could bring what needed to happen on that day. And it was God that ended that drought, and it was God who brought the rain. And once again Elijah finds himself, even after he slaughters the prophets of Baal, finds himself on the run. And he's still, he's still struggling with the same ideology. Why are these things happening? I've been faithful to you. I've done this and I've done that. And he forgets. What about God? And God tells him, you are not alone. I have many. I have 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal in this place. And over and over in his life, there is this reminder, depend upon God. Brethren, there are things in this life where our first reaction needs to be to depend upon God, for the things that only He can bring into our lives, to depend upon our God, for strength. Peter said in First Peter chapter four and verse 11, "Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were, the utterance of God, and whoever serves, let him do so by the strength which God supplies." The things that we are called upon to do, the the monumental task of carrying out the Great Commission, of serving a lost and a dying world, of being light in a world in a generation of darkness, how do you do that? How do you overcome? How do you remain faithful? If you've tried it all, if you've tried to live the Christian life, you've probably been overwhelmed by the Christian life. Paul's encouragement that he brings to us to not grow weary in doing good is a familiar feeling to anyone who's ever tried to do good for any length of time. It gets hard. How do I remain faithful? How do I I keep endurance? How, How do I deal with these situations? How do I keep being what God wants me to be? You must turn to God. Let him who who serves, let him do so by the strength which God supplies. God says, depend upon me to strengthen you. Depend upon my power in your life. And I don't understand everything about how God strengthens mankind, but I know one of the great things and one of the great reassurances that we have in His Word is that He does strengthen us. In those times when we are overcome, in those times when we are beaten down, in those times when we look at ourselves and we look in the mirror and we wonder, I don't know if I have it within me to do even the thing that I want to do. The good news is, you serve a God who will give you strength that you don't even realize is there. We serve a God who provides who provides us strength. We serve a God who provides us with wisdom. How often in life have you wondered, what do I do? What should I say? How should I respond? I don't know. I don't even know what to think half the time. Have you had those moments? Have you had those moments with your children? Have you had those moments with your spouse? Have you had those moments at work? Have you had those moments as you look in the mirror? I just wish somebody would tell me what to do. I just wish I knew what the right thing was. I wish I knew what the right course was. I am once again overwhelmed. Life is bigger than me. I never expected to be dealing with this. I never expected to be uh, uh, having this obstacle in my life. But here it is, whether I like it or not, and I'm overwhelmed. Turn to God. Turn to God. James says in James chapter 1 and verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom... Can we all raise our hand on that one? How many of us lack wisdom... How far do we fall from from having the wisdom of God? I'm so inadequate. That's speaking to me and to you. If you lack wisdom, here's what you do about it. Let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I wonder many times if, if the reason that I have such shortcoming in my thoughts... Or because I'm depending upon my thoughts. The reason that I come to the end of my rope, I wonder if it's because I failed to ask God. I failed to allow Him to have an avenue in my life whereby He might might speak. I wonder if the reason that I do not have, as Jesus says, is because I have not asked. When was the last time that I simply asked God to give me wisdom? Help me understand. Help me to know what your path for my life is. We serve a God who provides us, who encourages us to turn to Him, and who reassures us that He will give us strength that we do not have, wisdom that we do not possess, And even a God who says, I will give you the things that you need. Not a God who says, I will give you lavish extravagance, but the things that we need, He says He will give to us. I love the latter half of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you, shall be given to you. Does God know what we need? Does God know what those things are? Am I a person of faith who can depend upon Him for those things? When I can't provide for myself? You'll have a moment like that in your life if you live long enough. When you can't provide for yourself, when you can't care for yourself. He says, you depend upon Me. We serve a God who knows about the birds of the air. We serve a God who clothes the lilies of the field. We serve a God who feeds the birds. How much more will He care for His children? Friends, how much am I depending upon God for the things that I need? And how much am I depending upon myself? You see, as I depend upon myself, I find myself more and more becoming into this this insatiable appetite of never enough. A struggle with contentment. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is that about? Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, that's about contentment. Can I look at my life and realize I can depend upon God and whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I have what God says I need? I've never missed a meal. I've always had what I needed. That's the God that we serve. On and on we can go with exhortations in the Scriptures, depend upon God. Do not view God as this far-off entity or this far-off being that one day we will meet in heaven. That's not what God wants to be in our life. God wants to be that being whom we walk with every day of our life. God wants to be that being, not not who is in our life as as an advisor, but He wants to be not not just the ruler of our life, but He wants to be the, the deliverer of our life. If we will let Him, in my life, do I lean upon God? Are there things in my life that if God does not act, if God does not strengthen, if God does not help, if God does not do something, I'm certain to fail? Will I allow those things in my life? Will I allow myself to trust in God to that point? Because God says that's who He is. That's what He wants. And many times as we look at our faith and the struggles in our faith, and we say there ought to be something more, what needs to be more is less of me and more of Him. Not more of me and less of Him. We serve a God who provides and as you think about those things, allow your minds to switch gears. To think about ourselves from the opposite side. To think about ourselves as those through whom God works. Paul writes over and over about this idea. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9, he says, For we are God's fellow workers. How does God work in this world? Well, God does many things in this world, but one of the ways that God works in this world is through His sons and through His daughters. He works through His children. We pray and we talk. We are His hands. We are His feet. But that means exactly what it sounds like. One of the ways that God works in this world is through using you, through using me. And for us to to grasp onto this idea and have an identity based upon those things as as the servants of God. I'm not just going about life, I'm going about showing people God. Showing people God's hands, showing people God's feet. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 6 and verse 1, And working together with Him... We urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. There's a part, there's a part of the provision of God that God plans on using me and you and every one of his children. You remember, you remember what Jesus said as he spoke to the disciples about the great temptation that they were about to endure. And He said said to them in Luke 22 and verse 32, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. One of the ways that God strengthens His children is by taking His other children who have endured the trials, who have endured the temptations, who have seen the difficult times, and using them. Take whatever you have within you. Whatever struggle, whatever trial, whatever you have whatever you have been seen through through faith in God, and realize there are people all over this church, there are people all over this community who are struggling with those same things that you have overcome, but they have not overcome. They're being defeated. They're being overcome. And they're wondering: Am I the only person who's ever been in this place? Am I I the only person who's ever dealt with this? And what they need is a brother or a sister in Christ to be God's hands and to be God's feet and to go and encourage them to put their arm around them, to tell them it's going to be okay, to listen to their story, to share their story, to take the experiences that you have and to share them with others. That's our part. And and friends, when we begin to see ourselves in that way, when we begin to see ourselves as people on a mission not just to be strengthened, but to strengthen others, you will actually be strengthened in ways that we cannot comprehend. Proverbs 22 and verse 17 encourages us to incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. How does God bring wisdom? Well, many ways God brings wisdom into people's lives. But one of the ways that God imparts wisdom into people's lives is by other people talking, by people sharing, by people sharing perspective, by people being patient with others. We read passages like 1 Timothy chapter 2, the older women speaking to the younger women. For what purpose? Why does a young lady need an older lady to speak to her or to encourage her or teach her or instruct her? Why? Because there are some things that you only learn through time. There are some things you only learn through experience and wisdom is one of them. And so He encourages, encourages us over and over, you listen, but we can only listen if there are those who will speak if there are those who will share their wisdom, if there are those who will, who will bear their soul and out of all humility say, let me tell you what I have learned. Let me tell you about what I wished I knew whenever I was in your situation, whenever I was your age, whenever I was this, whenever I was exactly where you are. And you share the wisdom of God that took you a lifetime to learn so that someone else might have it as they deal with the struggles of life. We serve a God who provides strength and wisdom and needs. We serve a God who calls upon His children to be His hands and to be His feet, to show people, to strengthen our brethren, to share the wisdom which He has brought into our lives, and even to meet the needs of those who are around us. One of the most penetrating verses in all of the Book of Acts, to me, is what we read in Acts chapter four and verse thirty-four. When the statement is made about the church, about the church at Jerusalem, the Bible says, "For there was not a needy person among them." Friends, that ought to be able to be said about every body that claims to be the body of Christ. There is not a needy person among us. How so? For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet and they would be distributed to each as any had need. He's not talking about communism or a commune system. You didn't have to bring these things. The next chapter is Ananias and Sapphira. And he says you didn't have to do this. But there were people who were willing. There were people who were willing to sacrifice. There were people who were willing to take things that they didn't have to give up. For who? For the benefit of others. To meet the needs of others. And so many of us have been on the receiving end of those things. Have had people who have sacrificed out of the goodness of who they were. Why? They've sacrificed to meet the needs of their brethren to show the love and the concern of the body of Christ and the great joy in your life that you will find whenever you're able to to, to flip the role and to serve someone else, to sacrifice for someone else, to do without in your own family so that another family who has less can be blessed. That's when we look like God. That's when we become His hands and His feet. When we build people up. When we share the wisdom, however limited it may be, that God has blessed us with. Whenever we meet the needs of those who surround us every day, that is the God that we serve. A God who provides. Not a distant theological, High in the sky, I've never known Him God. That's not what God wants. That's not what He offers. What God wants is for us to be a people who will walk with Him. What God wants is for us to be a people who will depend upon Him, not just when we have to, but that we will depend upon Him every day of our life. And that can be seen in our prayers. It can be seen in our words. It can be seen in our actions. We serve a God who wants to give good gifts. Do you ever feel overwhelmed with life? Do you ever feel like life is bigger than you are? It's because it is. Life is bigger. I don't have all the answers. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't like the way even that sounds, but that's the reality. That without Jesus Christ in my life, I can do nothing. But through him, the Bible says, I can do all things. There is no limit if we as a people will learn to humble ourselves when life is bigger than we are, to learn that we walk hand in hand with a God who not only knows what we're dealing with right now, and we wonder sometimes if He knows. He knows. But a God who cares and a God who is big enough to do something about it a God who is big enough to give us what we need. Whether I understand it or not, there's great comfort in that. You see, there are times when I need strength. There are times when you grow so weary, even in doing good, when I lean upon the Lord. There are times that come more and more frequently when I simply do not have the answer. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't know what to advise. Can I lean upon God? Does my life reflect? Does my life reflect my utter dependence on someone else? That is the way that I find success. Everything else is certain to meet with failure. Humble yourself this evening. Humble yourself each day. If you're not a Christian tonight, come, be baptized into Christ and have your sins washed away. If you're someone who's tried to live life based on your own power and your own strength, you know that that that's a failure. Come and lean upon the Lord. Lean upon His forgiveness. Lean upon His strength. Lean upon His body. Let us be the body of Christ. Why don't you come this evening as we stand and as we sing.
0: Pastor's prayer, He's so good to me. Amen. Thank you for that great lesson, Les. Uh, any other announcements that need be made at this time? If you have not had the chance to take the Lord's Supper, it has been prepared to my right, your left. If you will make your way now, they will serve you. At uh, this time, we will sing... Two verses of Thank You, Lord, song number 474, if you need your book, Thank you, Lord, for loving me, and thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole and saving my soul. I want to thank you, Lord, for loving me. saving my soul, please reveal your will for me, so I can serve you for eternity, use my life in every way, take hold of it, today I want to thank you Lord, for loving me, thank you Lord, for saving my soul. This time will be dismissed in prayer.
3: Let us pray, Father in heaven, we're so thankful for this opportunity that we've had to be here this day to worship Thee, and we pray in spirit and in truth. Now, Father, we pray that we will not only call on you when when we need you and for special things in our lives but we will always give you thanks when things are going well so thankful for the powerful messages that we heard today and proclaimed and Heavenly Father we pause at this time to, to ask you in a special way to be with those of our number that are sick we have so many that are undergoing treatments uh... treatments of different kinds and, and we pray for all these that things will go well pray for those that are undergoing tests that they will come back good we pray that the doctors and nurses that are tending to all these will have the knowledge that they need to deal with it and most of all, then, Father, that we will always lean upon thee for your great healing power now the Father, we ask that you would be with those that have lost loved ones in the last few days. As you'd be with uh, the Russell family, the uh, Mary Estes family and the loss of her father. Be with uh, the Jimmy Welch family, the Ron Harmon family be with all of these, give them strength and courage to take one day at a time to to lean upon thee for strength and guidance and we pray for all these families and Father we're about to go our separate ways we ask that you would be with us, guide guard and protect us and bring us back to the next point in time we pray in Jesus name, Amen